If you want to get to the bottom of why you do what you do, even if it doesn't make sense, let it go and start attracting more of what you want in your life. Health, wealth, happiness, relationships. We got some pure gold with my friend Jackie McDonald on this episode of the Authentic Success Podcast. Do you ever feel like you were made for more and you just don't know what this looks like yet? My name is Jordan Ulrich, and I've made it my mission to help people just like you align with your inner genius, lead a fulfilling life on your terms, and facilitate true transformation from the inside out. Authentic Success is here to challenge you, inspire you, and bring you actionable strategies for stepping into the highest version of yourself from some of the world's greatest minds. You were put here with a unique purpose. It's time that we discover it and bring it to life. This is the Authentic Success Podcast. Time freedom, location freedom, passive income, and the ability to turn what you love into what you do with an online course or coaching program, it's not too good to be true. And this was a journey that started for me years ago in which I'm laying you the entire roadmap in the upcoming Thrive Accelerator three-day workshop series. It'd be an honor to see you there. You can go to jordanulrich.com forward slash accelerator to grab a free spot. Hey everybody, welcome back to Authentic Success. My name is Jordan Ulrich and my guest today is a great friend of mine, uh, an entrepreneur that I really, really look up to and a master practitioner in the world of EFT. She's unbelievably talented in getting to the root cause of what really holds people back so that they can let it go, shed these beliefs and the stories and whatever it is that's holding people back and allow them to leap into the highest version of themselves. So thank you so much. Jackie McDonald for being uh, a part of today. Jordan, thank you. I'm so excited (laughs) to be with you today. It's been really fun to grow alongside of you and help people grow with us. I think you and I have teamed up in the past year and, you know, I have a vision to helping women become their, what I call wildly wealthy selves. Um, It's my name for your future self. And, you know, you came into my world at a moment where um, us teaming up together really like rocket launched everything, right? Everything just started to to click into place and happen. And um, so, yeah, I am a teacher of EFT tapping. I started tapping over 10 years ago now. I often say that it found me at my worst and brought me to my best. Um, I was 19 at the time when I found tapping. I had just had a baby. And within five months of my daughter being born, I lost five people through uh, different tragic accidents, one of them was murdered, um, family members that passed away from cancer. It was a lot at once and tapping truly saved my life. And so now I uh, bring it into the hands, hearts and homes of people all over the world through my certification program and get to share it with friends like you. So thank you for having me today. That I love it. And I actually, I knew that you had lost a number of people and I didn't know that it was to that extent. Mm. That's yeah. I mean, that's a lot to process, especially as a new parent. Being a new parent's a lot to process. And and when you and losing people is a lot to process when you stack those two on top of each other. Yeah. I mean, uh when we look at something like tapping, I mean, I've had the pleasure of interviewing, you know, some amazing people in this field. And the reason why I like getting this modality out to people is because like yourself, it is the one thing that changed the game for me. It was, it was like all of a sudden I had a tool 
for regulating the nervous system. And if there's one thing that messes us up, it's stress and fear, right? And we can't be in the state of survival. And meanwhile, at the same time, just out here creating, you know, the, the biggest version of what we want for ourselves. And so, you know, I'm grateful to be able to bring not just, you know, tapping, but also your core philosophy to this, because I think that, you know, some people, people use it for all different sorts of things, right? And I learned very quickly, um, you know, what it could do with, you know, things like childhood trauma, stuff like that wasn't necessarily my specialty, um, but nor did I want it to be at the time. But what I really do connect with that, that you bring to the world is this philosophy of release to receive. And it's something that I really want to talk about, because I think that it's, I think that it's something that everybody needs to know, but what is your, like, what's your take on release to receive? Like, how would you come up with the definition for it? Yeah. So as I shared my story, life brought me to this point of a lot of um, trauma in one moment. And although it was extremely difficult at the time, I, it was a gift because I learned about my nervous system in that moment, you know, going through a lot of stress or trauma in a moment, in a short period of time, put my nervous system into that state of fight, fight or flight. And this belief system of a fear of the unknown, a fear of what was going to happen next. And the gift that tapping brought me was an understanding that in uncertainty, there holds great possibility, not just fear, not just scary things. And what happened from, from the things that happened at 19 to learning tapping, all of a sudden I started to notice this pattern that would happen in my life. And, um, I'd be invited to release something because I, something more was waiting for me, but I didn't believe it at the time because I was so afraid to let go of what I had always known. So after I lost the people at around 19, um, a few years later, I ended up losing my father and life kept bringing me these invitations to step into a new version of myself. And I called it the art of letting go. It's this dance of releasing and receiving. And I find that when people, I love to talk about tapping and manifestation, when people talk about manifesting more in their life, they're always going to be invited to release something. And they're going to think traditionally, we think, Oh, this is a bad thing. This is a loss. This is not good. It's, you have to make room for more. And sometimes that means leaving a relationship behind that sometimes means leaving a job behind that sometimes means leaving a habit that you have around food or your health behind. And so that's where my philosophy was born as life kept showing me all these opportunities. I kept saying, I have this vision for my life. I have these things that I want. And I looked at at it as the universe grabbing my hand and saying, okay, let's go on a journey to getting you there. And it showed me all the things that needed to go. And so with my philosophy of tapping is to make that journey easier on people to help them process grief, help them process um, the acceptance of things that life brings us and see the opportunity in it, see the gifts that are waiting for us on on the other side and not just like wait and see, but actually intentionally create what we want to experience. And so that's what's happened for me. You know, I, I mentioned it found me at my worst, brought me to my best tapping empowered me to learn from these tough moments and decide what I make them mean and then build a beautiful life from that. So that's where release to receive was born. I think that's great. And I think that, you know, with kind of just that when you can, even when you go through 
turbulent times, which it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. We all experience them, but getting to choose, you know, what does this mean? One person, two people could have the same situation in front of them. One person says, I'm going to die. And the other person says, what an opportunity to grow. What am I learning? Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, Marianne Williamson says that uh, a miracle is a shift in perception. Favorite right? quote. That's yeah. my favorite. So um, this, this philosophy of release to receive, and it also feels sometimes like, like the, the, the universe or whatever you'd like to call it is literally beating you into the ground. <laughs> and you can either say, why is this happening to me or how is this happening for me? Right. And, and understanding that there is, you know, if you look at nature, if you look at the flow of nature, like, are there any mistakes? Like, of course not. Right. But we think that when things don't happen on our timetable in the way that we think they should, right. Or we get given this difficult situation that, that we're being punished, but we're not, we're being blessed and being taught something that we probably would never have gone out of our way to learn. So finally, it's like, okay, you clearly haven't got your head around this yet. Here you go. Here's a situation that's really going to make it clear. <laughs> I think like, I remember just being presented with so many <laughs> opportunities to let go. Um, relationships is one of them. I think that people often know, like people say to other people, you just need to let it go. And you're like, great, that sounds great. How do I do that? And tapping really taught me that how, right? I think we intuitively know when something's not for us anymore, whether that's a food that we're eating or a relationship that we're in, but it's a habit. We're used to having that in our life. We don't, we're afraid of the unknown. What would happen if we didn't have this and, and tapping was solved that. How, how do I let it go? Well, by honoring the parts of you that are sad that it's come to this, that aren't ready maybe to move forward yet and saying, I see you, this is new. This is uncomfortable. You're scared. That's okay. You can do it when you're ready. And that created what we call emotional freedom for me. It was like, gave me the power to leave an eight-year relationship, gave me the power to make, you know, the passing of my dad mean something for my life, not just life is happening to me. I'm a victim, you know, life's going to be horrible now. It was like, this is an opportunity for you to build something beautiful. And um, that that's what I want for others is to, to understand the how, like, how do I let something go? How do I manifest something that tapping has the ability to, to do that dance from releasing to receiving. Yeah. And I think that, um, people get stuck in a place of like wanting more, wanting more, wanting more, wanting more. Right. But they, it reminds me of an old story where, where a young man, you know, goes to, goes to an ancient master and he sits down and he starts telling him, you know, about all these things he knows how to do, all this knowledge he has, all these accomplishments, all this stuff. And, um, and the master starts pouring him a cup of tea. And, and he keeps pouring and pouring into this tiny cup and it goes all over the table. And he goes, what are you doing? And he says, when the cup is full, there's no room for anything new, right? <laughs> and do you think that letting go is... I mean, one of the greatest ego tricks is when we get to a place where we're like, we really think we got it dialed, right? So we go, oh, I'm done forever. And we're like, thank God I've gotten to this place where I've let, 
I have solved everything. This is perfect, right? But how important is it to know that like letting go is a never ending process? Yeah. It doesn't stop, right? And, and, you know, what you said about when people are like, oh, let it go. And you're like, oh, right on. Okay, I'll just, there we go. That's all I had to do. I just had to let it go. And then we get this response from our body that's like, I can't, right? So the analogy that I use is like, if, you know, a suppressed emotion is like a balloon in water, right? And every time we're like, yeah, great. Let it go. Perfect. Yeah. That's just so easy, right? No. And we push the balloon back down and where does it go? Did it go anywhere? Of course not. Right. But with something like, you know, and there's many, many ways of processing trauma and grief, EMDR, havening therapy, EFT, hypnosis, all these things, but any of those, whichever works better, you know, for me, tapping works very fast and, and I like it a lot because I can do it alone, but it's like popping that pin. It's, it's like taking a pin and popping the balloon. And all of a sudden that voice is not very loud when you acknowledge it. Right. But how important is it for people when they know they have to let something go to actually like give it some space, like actually feel it for once instead of being like, whoa, can't look at that. That's way too painful. Uh, it's so important because people, one of the things that I've in my method of EFT have realized is that there's different parts of ourselves coming to the table when it comes to a topic like letting go. And there's a part of you that's like, I need, I'm done. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to let go. And there's another part of you, like you said, that's like, I can't, I can't do it yet. And that part of you is often stuck in the body. There's that resistance to letting go. And, and um, so for me, it was understanding and honoring both sides. Tapping allowed me to talk to the part of me. That's like, I got a vision. I'm ready to go for it. I'm capable of doing anything. And this other part of me that was sad and that needed to feel the ending of something. And that needed to stay in that experience a little bit longer. I, I remember for me, it was like a moment where I, I used to go sit by the river every day. And I could feel that like that, that a chapter of my life was changing and I wouldn't be going to that spot anymore. I was going to be moving. And a voice said to me, like, sit here and stay here one more moment longer and really experience this, this moment by the river by yourself and, and honor, honor who you've become. And that's where for me, when it comes to releasing and receiving, it's that dance between absolutely giving the power to the part of you that's confident and capable and acknowledging the part of you that's sad it's ending that doesn't want to let it go that's afraid of the unknown and sitting with that a moment longer giving it a voice letting it letting it out um and uh, the analogy you gave of the teacup you know that is where i was when i found tapping my i call it my emotional rain barrel was overflowing like i didn't have the capacity to receive more because my nervous system was maxed my body was exhausted. And so tapping helped to clear out that overflowing <laughs> emotional rain barrel and have access to, to, to thinking about what might I want next? Where am I? Like take, taking account for where we're at in a certain stage of life. So um, for people that are listening, that would be like my recommendation is to acknowledge and honor both parts of you. And to, to tap on the part of you that's, that's maybe scared, that's maybe unsure, that's maybe um, sad 
and to, to hold space for that just a little bit longer. And I think understanding that, like, that, I mean, we know the, the, the power of the subconscious mind, right? And it's not trying, you know, the saboteur that lives in all of us, it's, it's not actually trying to do damage. It's trying to keep you safe. It's trying to do its best job at all times, right? And that's why when, when somebody wants something deeply, whether this is money, whether this is a relationship, like think of that area of your life that's like, no matter what I do, it nothing works. It's like it's it's like the harder I try, the worse it gets. There is part of you that doesn't want it, right? There's this inner child that's like, hey, whoa, you know, remember that time? You know, you don't remember it, but I remember it. We were six and we heard that this is a huge cause of pain in our life, right? Mm -hmm. But what happens like when people start to let that the saboteur be known or, or the inner child be known. And like, they actually acknowledge like, okay, yes. Like I feel deeply unworthy of this. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it's like, thank you for listening to me. <laughs> well, the right? first response is that body relaxes, right? Cause this part of you is like, Oh, finally I'm being heard. <laughs> like I'm being recognized. And then change starts to happen in what I say, wild and wondrous ways. That's where yeah. you start to all of a sudden, like your ex stops texting you or you just quit eating chocolate or like, you're just like weird. I just have no desire to do that anymore. Yeah. Like the things that were coming to teach you start to leave because mm -hmm. you don't need them anymore. And the nice thing about tapping, I think too, is that, you know, we really do get to the root cause of things. Mm -hmm. Or not, you know, Advil does not get to the root cause of why you have back pain. <laughs> no, it's so cool. I think I think about like when I first heard someone say, well, maybe you don't want to let it go. It's like, of course I want to let it go. What are you talking about? Consciously, yeah. Right? But subconsciously, like, well, maybe there is there is a part of me that doesn't want to let this go. And I recently tapped with someone on this around um, like a food addiction, like food cravings. And they're like, well, of course I want this food craving go. Like, I don't want this anymore. But after a few minutes of tapping, we were able to see that, um, as you and I know, like a secondary gain to having. Oh, food, yes. Right? Secondary okay. gains are so cool <laughs> to understand. Um, but she, I asked her when she started like having food cravings and it was when she was eight years old. And she said, food has always been there for me. Mm -hmm. And it's always been my best friend when I was lonely or didn't have anyone food was there. And so that was the part of her that didn't want to let it go. Yeah. And as soon as she realized that, and what we were really working on is the loneliness and feelings of neglect from the childhood and, and going back and healing that totally shifted her relationship with food. All of a sudden she didn't, didn't feel the need to fill fill herself with food right it was it was more about oh the feeling what's the opposite of feeling lonely feeling connected her inner child needed to feel connected yeah so cool well and when we feel disconnected from ourselves or other people i mean you know we look to things for a sense of connection yes but now the secondary gain part you know, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, yeah, I've tried to lose the weight and I'm just not destined to do it. It's like, well, think for a moment, right? That yes, your conscious mind, which is processing 40 bits of information per second and is responsible for 5% of your life wants it. And your subconscious mind 
processing over 20 million bits of information per second and is responsible for 95% of your life, doesn't want it. Which one do we want on board here? Like, you know, so, but secondary gain for someone who's not familiar with this, secondary gain is where you repeat a sabotaging behavior that you don't want to do anymore. The money comes in, you blow it. Or, I mean, I did that. That was like, uh, you could look that up in the dictionary and I would be, you'd see like my face. So like <laughs> the money comes in, you blow it. Or you get, someone gets close to you, you start to push them away. I've done this many times too. And um, understand that those sabotaging behaviors, like Brad Yates says that, that self-sabotage is misdirected self-love, right? So those sabotaging behaviors, they're not trying to hurt you. They're trying to keep you safe. Maybe you push people away because deep down, it's like, what if I actually had a relationship that would be way too hard? Uh, let's just. I might get here. my heart broken again. It's safer yeah. to stay away. The other example I remember in my training was around smoking. So someone like consciously wants to quit smoking, but subconsciously they don't. And when it was tapped on, it came out that um, the only time I get a break at work is when I get to go outside to smoke. So there was a benefit to smoking. And right. So like, I'd rather keep smoking so I can take a five minute break two times a day than quit smoking and be stuck inside all day, which is really actually a conversation around boundaries. Right. Well, and not to mention that nicotine releases more dopamine than your brain can even process. Um, It's yeah. I mean, and that's a crazy thing. Like you said, when people get to the root cause of why it's like, don't just try to quit smoking, ask yourself why you smoke in the first place. Yeah. Right. And then you're clear. I did this with coffee. When I was first started tapping, I wanted to quit drinking coffee because it didn't make my body feel good, but I couldn't. And as soon as I started tapping on it, I realized like, when did I start? When did I start drinking coffee? I was super young, like 13. And I would drink coffee with my mom and our, our life was really busy. Like my parents had big businesses. We were always busy, but my mom would always sit down and drink her coffee in the morning. And it was my opportunity to sit with her. Yeah, I realized that it was like coffee was actually linked to the time with my mom. I completely, I haven't quit. I haven't drank coffee in almost six years. No desire for it. Doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. Interesting. I, um, (laughs) I actually have a deep love for coffee and I was like, I know what it was like. It used to make me anxious. Used to make me like really, really jittery. Like I hated it. I would be in a great mood and irritable. It would make me like so unexplainably just in the worst mood, but then, you know, like, and then I stopped drinking for a long time. And then as time went on, I was like, you know, I started drinking coffee. I don't, I don't drink a lot. I just drink a bit and I don't use it to like keep myself awake through the day. But then I was like, I was like, yeah, I should quit coffee. And then I was like, wait, I was like, it's not, you know, it's not doing, I'm not like, you know, sitting, you're sucking it back at 10 PM, like hopelessly addicted to it. And I was like, wait, you don't actually have to go maybe I don't have to quit coffee. Like I can't think of any negative things it's doing in my life, but what you said, so, so important because you got to the root of why coffee, why you would drink it, even though again, secondary gain, you knew that it would make you, you know, like what would happen? You'd get anxious. You'd like make me sick. I literally feel like I was dying, but I loved it. Like I was obsessed with coffee. I would drink it twice a day, even though it would make me physically ill. Of course. Yeah. So like, you know, you, you did have that amazing connection with your mom, right. And to the subconscious mind, 
that connection with your mom is more important than how coffee makes you feel, right? How important is it for people to, uh, this is kind of an odd, odd question, guys and girls, how important is it for people to let go of their emotions? There's a great saying that says, pain, yeah, that's okay. There's a great, uh, it says, pain that is not expressed through tears will make other organs weep, right? So, and even Neville Goddard in 1946, whatever it was, when he said feeling is a secret, so the root cause of all disease is trapped, suppressed emotion, right? So the fatigue, the insomnia, the depression, the anxiety, the fibromyalgia, um, the back pain, the joint pain, the chronic migraines, all yeah. these things, right? How important is it for people to look at these things on an emotional level because, and give me, could you give me an example of somebody clearing an emotion and also clearing, collapsing the physical component at the same time, whether this is digestion, any of these things, right? So interestingly enough, I have worked with quite a few people that have uh, had a cancer diagnosis. And oh, interesting. Yeah. And wasn't, I wasn't advertising it, but they just came to me and um, the interesting thing that I've noticed is that for, I'll give an example. One of my clients, she had breast cancer. And when I, I started tapping with her, I asked her, well, she, when I started tapping with her, she couldn't physically like get off the couch and go to the bathroom. She was in, in so much pain. And, um, so we started doing our session and I asked her, you know, what happened around the time that she got diagnosed and at first she was like, I don't know, nothing really. And I was like, anything within the year. And she's like, well, three months before I got diagnosed, my dad died. Mm. And as she said that I could hear it in her throat. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, how, how, how sad are you on a scale of zero to 10 around your dad still? And she was like, I'm a 10. And I'm like, where do you hold on to that sadness in your body? And she pointed at her chest. She's like in my chest. And ironically enough, she had breast cancer. Right. And so we ended up working on the memory around her dad. And what had happened is that he, um, there was like a lot of um, bad, not bad things, but like unfortunate things that happened right before he died. And the whole family kind of like disowned him. Right. And so, but she really loved her dad. Like she didn't feel the anger that the rest of her family felt, but she didn't, wasn't allowed to like express her feelings towards him because everyone was mad at him. And that was the story. So for the past seven years, she had been holding on to this deep sadness and were unspoken words in her chest around her dad. And when that started to come out, it was amazing, honestly, to see like how she started to shift. And she ended up I remember within six weeks, she, and this is where manifesting comes in. Like she shift her emotional state. She started to attract things to her life. She ended up getting on a program that I forget exactly which program it was, but it had a lot to do with diet, what she was eating combined with tapping within six weeks, she was running on a treadmill. Wow. Her husband called me crying and he was like, I want to thank you because I have my wife back. And the cool thing with tapping is like, that wasn't me giving that to her. Tapping was the modality that we got to work with together to unlock that, right. To find what it was for her. So that statement that, um, suppressed emotions lead to illness. Mm -hmm. 
in my experience has been very, very true. Um, then that's just one of, one of many stories, but it's the missing component to our health that people, that we just haven't had the tool to understand, right? Our body's always trying to communicate with us through symptoms, signals, sensations. And it's like, cool, what do we do with that? Well, if you tap, you can actually talk to that part of your body. And then that symptom starts to relief. The pressure starts mm-hmm. to go. The anxiety starts to dissipate because that part of you again is being heard. Yes. And we, and we hold negative emotions as tension in the body, right? Like, have you ever had a moment where you like let all your muscles relax? You're like, wow, I was unbelievably tense. Like I was just like, Oh, it's like (laughs) whole body's locked up. Right. Um, I know we've only got a few more minutes left, but I just, um, if somebody is, you know, if somebody's in a place where they're stuck right now and, and I think that growth is not always a process of adding on. I think that growth sometimes is largely a process of letting go so that you can, it's not always a process of more, 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 more all the time. Sometimes it's less, less, less so that you can start to bring in not just, not necessarily more things, just more meaningful and more important things, right? If somebody is stuck right now, they feel like they've been working really hard to change something and they can't seem to do it. It's like, They've got all the steps in front of them. They know what they could do, but for some reason, it's like everybody else can make it happen. And some people do it without even trying, but to them, it's like, they're unique. Like they can't do it. Right. What would you say to somebody that's in that situation right now? Well, as someone who has been in that situation, we've um, talked about the, what do I do moment? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say to get support. Because just because you've read it or you know what to do doesn't mean that it's always easy for you to do on your own and that we can't always see our own stuff. I mean, I can share with you these great experiences I've had tapping with others. I still need tapping done with on me. I am. I have my own practitioner. And so somebody that is like, I've tried things. I know what I need to do. I'm just not doing it. Go get yourself the support that you need to walk Mm -hmm. through. It is absolutely possible for you to overcome this, but, um, you, it, we're not built to do things on our own. No. And so as a former single mom, this was the biggest lesson that helped me make more money, helped me manifest more love was starting to understand. I don't need to do it on my own. I'm not built to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. I can, we're built for community. We're built for connection, um, and to hire someone to help you, uh, to, to get the results that you want. So that would be my what to do moment. Yeah. And I, I think that if, if people are resistant, they're like, no, no, I got this. Right. It's like, well, how's that going so far? Right. And I think another thing that's important is like, start being wrong. Like, uh, T Harbecker had, it wasn't his quote, but I heard it in one of his videos. He said, uh, he quoted someone else. I'll, I'll have to put, uh, the, the correct, uh, credential down below, but it, it was something like, it's not what we don't know that holds us back. It's what we do know that just ain't so right. So it's like, we think we're right. Like, yeah, no, I couldn't do it because I could never afford that. And it's up to me only, right. Something like that, you know, start being wrong with what, like start taking what your brain's feeding you right now and start kind of doing the opposite. Right. Cause clearly what it thinks is right is might not be entirely correct. And I think that what you said is like, don't be afraid to ask for help. Like, 
And to test, like, this is where manifesting comes in because as a a former single mom, I didn't have a lot of money, (laughs) but I would decide, okay, I want, I want to like improve my money situation. That means I need to hire somebody to help me Mm -hmm. have the extra $5,000 to do that. But this is where I learned how to manifest things. When I was required to come up with something, I would always come up with it. Yes. I need $5,000 to hire a, a coach to help me with my money or like a bookkeeper to help me with my money then I would go manifest it. Yeah. And so you're way more powerful than you think. And when you're required to come up with something, I think of a quote from Rachel Rogers book, we shall be millionaires. She said, if you needed $400 to go for lunch with Beyonce and Lizzo, would you come up with it? <laughs> the answer, right? You would sell shit. You would find a way to come up with that $400, but it's making ourselves as important as a lunch with Beyonce and Lizzo. Yes. Absolutely. Like, like I tell people if they're like, oh, I could never make that much. It's like, if somebody came with a gun to your head and said, I've got your whole family held hostage, you have 48 hours to come up with $10,000. Could you, I mean, you'd be, uh, you'd be like everywhere that a human being could be. But so it, it is those, you know, we do have stories that hold us back. And, and Tony Robbins says that when a should becomes a must is when change happens. Right. And and also I would say, you know, the last thing would be like, if, if somebody's really stuck, like, where are you tying pleasure to being stuck and where are you tying pain to yeah. progress? Right. Because the subconscious mind is not analytical. It's not personal. Today I tapped on, uh, in my membership, I tapped on, um, I create cash flow as the affirmation. I think that's what it was called. I, I had created a cash flow company and I asked people like how they feel about that statement. Like I create a cash flow company. Um, most of them reacted in resistance. Like, Oh, I don't know how to do that. That feels hard. Um, mm-hmm. That feels like a lot of work. And that's exactly what you just explained in that statement. So creating cash flow is related to pain to them. Yeah. We needed to shift it into creating cash flow is actually fun. It's actually yeah. creates pleasure. It can actually be a game. It's an opportunity for you to, be creative to come up yeah. with ways to bring money and that shift, like whichever side of the nervous system you're on with whatever topic, whether it's money or relationships or your body is the secret to manifesting more. If you say something and your body responds with, Ugh, yeah, you're not going to get very far. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if, if somebody holds the belief that like money is a source of pain, it always will be because that reticular activating system in the brain is going to go look for reasons why it is painful, but if they can convince themselves that it's the opposite, right? Oh, wow. I used to think it was hard, but it's actually not. I used to think it was painful, but you know, or relationships or losing weight or whatever it is. I mean, it's the number one reason people don't start going to the gym is because they're like, that's just way too much. But it's like, well, what if we just put your running shoes on and walk to the end of your driveway and back, just do that for today. And tomorrow maybe go, you know, to the end of the street and then come home. And and I bet you, you won't want to stop there, right? That's that's a really, really uh, important thing to know too. But yes, just understanding like, you know, you have to get to the root cause of what is, somebody has to get to the root cause of what's holding them back. Otherwise, we'll keep treating the surface level and in five years, probably be in the exact same place. Oh, a hundred percent. And like those things that once felt pain, you felt pain and can bring you pleasure. Absolutely. Like mm-hmm. I, 
think about the gym. I used to feel insecure at the gym because I thought people were looking at me and now I'm obsessed with going to the gym because I get to listen to my yes. favorite podcast and be in my body. And it's not about anyone else, but me. So it's like, it's always going to be uncomfortable. Like my, my first mentor said to me, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always going to be uncomfortable at the beginning. And that's why having someone with you is so helpful. Um, and making yourself as important right? As we said, like that lunch with Lizzo and Beyonce, like understanding that if you want something, whether it's a physical result or emotional or whatever, that you get to decide that that's important to you and move yeah. towards. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I know that you've got plenty of things to do today. So I just <laughs> want to uh, thank you so much for spending this time with me. And I ask everybody uh, this question, because I think that it's a really meaningful one is that what does success mean to you? Mm, success to me uh, I actually I this sentence came up in my mind a few months ago but it was greatness is a condition of the heart and I think like greatness and success are often linked for me um success means feeling free whether that's emotionally financially in your relationships um and waking up in the morning and feeling proud of who you've become and excited about where you're going. Yes. One foot in desire and one foot in gratitude. I love that so much. Uh, thank you so much, Jackie. I really, really appreciate, uh, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah. Uh, JackieMcDonald.ca is my website or the Jackie McDonald on Instagram. And I also have the 21 days of tapping happening right now. So if you guys want to tap with me, that's uh, $21 for 21 days on my website. That is probably one of the best things that a person could do for themselves at this point. It's awesome. Thanks so much, Jordan. I appreciate you. You're most welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Authentic Success Podcast. If you've made it this far, it means you are not a dabbler and that you are someone who's truly committed to making a lasting change. If you like what you heard, please leave a rating, comment, or review as it helps me bring this message to more people that need it. If you want to go a step further, this is an invitation to grab a free copy of my book, Authentic Success, at jordanulrich.com forward slash success. Keep your energy up, keep moving forward even when it's scary, and I'll see you on the next episode.